Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Justin Fields. Hopeful, please, for the love of God, Bears QB1 in the year 2021, sooner rather than later. Now, before we get on to this, I must admit, I am a Columbus, Ohio lifer, big-time Ohio State Buckeye fan, at time an ignorant one. So if you hear me going too far overboard, keep that in mind. But ever since I've been a professional in this field, obviously, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. But with all that said, let's go through what we should expect from Fields, Andy Dalton, and the Bears quarterback competition ahead of 2021. And the first thing is first, it's just been weird with some of these quotes from Matt Nagy, and that's been the best way to describe it, weird. Ever since the Bears traded up to get Fields at number 11, City of Chicago has been thrilled as they should be. Have you guys seen the list of Bears quarterbacks in that franchise's history? The problem is that ever since they had that great draft and everybody was given, you know, the Bears at like usually an A, at worst, like a B. I think they were almost a consensus A draft though. Uh, you know, Nagy, Ryan Pace, on the hot seat, seemingly, at least they need to do something big. They seemingly did that in the draft. They got their guy fields, helped out the offensive line. And people were loving it. It's been everything that's happened since the draft. That's kind of caused some concern because historically we just do not see quarterbacks that are drafted this high sit on the bench and fields was pick number 11. So my study about the, you know, past top 10 picks is off by one. So if you excuse that for a second, I think you'll kind of see that typically first round quarterback are drafted as high as they are in order to play specifically since 2010 every single top 10 quarterback except four have started at least 10 games and those four that didn't start 10 games were Tua who started nine Jared Goff who started seven Patrick Mahomes who started one and Jake Locker who did not start a single game so Trey Lance you know Justin Fields, obviously Trevor Lawrence is already going to be under there uh, in week one. Both these guys, Lance and Fields, history tells us they'll be out there sooner rather than later. I would just say, though, these quotes from Nagy not looking great, specifically right after the draft. I think it was in like May, May 16th might have been the specific date, so a couple of weeks after the draft. But Matt Nagy st stated, Andy is the starter. Ryan Pace was saying Andy is the starter. And the hilarious part about this was in the same freaking interview, Nagy goes out and says Andy is a starter. And then he also says Dalton is essentially like a rookie as well because you know he hasn't played for the bears and this is the part that makes the whole alex smith patrick mahomes like the way they did that in kansas city and now he wants to do that in chicago that's the part that is just so infuriating to me trying to figure out like why they're trying to use that as the example obviously it worked out great for the chiefs but Alex Smith was at worst an average starter in Kansas city for four straight seasons. Andy Dalton hasn't been an average starter for at least four seasons. He's always been a sum of his parts quarterback. And when you're trying to compare these guys, I, I just don't see it people, but that was the first alarming quote. The second one was actually on PFFs under the PFF podcast umbrella, the Chris Collinsworth podcast where Collinsworth asked Matt Nagy, there's any way that fields will start week one. Nagy said, no, Andy is our starter. Now, if you listen to the entire podcast, it does paint a more reasonable picture. The bears are simply trying to do what's best for fields, progress him, not throw him to the fire against Aaron Donald and company in week one. I get it. It just doesn't seem like when we have literally the Eagles have not named Jalen Hurst, their official starting quarterback yet. The Washington football team hasn't named Ryan Fitzpatrick, their starting quarterback. It's, you know, like you'll even hear, I'm not sure if Bruce Aarons has specifically done this, but it sounds like something he would say, like not even naming Brady the starter. You know, everyone, want, everyone's out, everyone wants to be out here competing, meritocracy, all that. It makes sense why coaches, you know, say these ridiculous things where they don't name a guy a starter. The fact Nagy has done the opposite, it just doesn't make much sense to me, but we'll see. It's not Nagy's job to make sure, you know, the public knows his plans and he's 
doing his thing. If the bears are good with it, if it works out for fields, then so be it. Uh, it's just, it's concerning guys. I mean, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if we knew what his plan was. Now we're forced to kind of try to figure out what it's going to be. So with that said, I want to quickly go over just fields as the prospect. If you haven't, you know, if you've been living under a rock and just not watching any Ohio state games over these past few years, you might be falling into a typical trap of, you know, Oh, he's just going to be the next bust from Ohio state just realize people how different the offense was under Ryan day with Dwayne Haskins, basically feeding pop passes and screens to Paris Campbell, uh, you know, the occasional Terry McLaurin deep ball, but such a high percentage of Haskins yards came after the catch compared to fields who was PFS number one, highest graded quarterback when targeting someone after his first read. So fields like despite getting, you know, the hate about being, uh, you know, not able to get off his read holding on the ball for too long, and uh, just being an Ohio State quarterback, a lot of this stuff is unfair. And he does hold the ball long. He had, I believe, the single highest, uh, or just you know, the longest average release time uh, from getting the snap among draft, el- draft eligible quarterbacks. But we see that with Deshaun Watson, with Russell Wilson, where yeah, they take some unnecessary sacks. And they also create some freaking crazy plays because when you're a quarterback that gets under pressure, you only have a couple options. You can take the sack, you can try to force a throw that's not there, you can throw the ball away, or you can try to make something big happen out of the play. And I think that's why these true playmakers get into trouble sometimes. But it's just you know a bit of a catch twenty two thing. I mean, you don't want them to lose that playmaking instinct that makes some of these guys so great you also want them to play a little bit more into the offense so yeah fields holds the ball a little bit too long from time to time but i'll take a quarterback that has the ability to work off script and try to get them a little bit you know to work more for in the confines of the offense. Like give me someone that can work off script and we'll work on the on script stuff. That's my point. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, Jared Goff, some of these guys that just have no chance of creating anything if the play dies. I think we're seeing that type of, you know, prospect just not completely lose the ability to play in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. I realized Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl, uh, not being mobile at all, but we are seeing more and more prospects at least flash the ability to be able to work out a play when the initial read is not there. So our specific quote on fields from our 2021 NFL draft guide, courtesy of the always great Mike runner. You'll hear about the knocks on fields throughout this draft process from the track record of Ohio state quarterbacks to his ugly games against Indiana and Northwestern to his slow processing and decision-making. I'm not here to say those concerns aren't valid, but the physical tools and leadership he brings to the position are too great to ignore over the course of his career. Fields has been one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've ever charted in his first game against Nebraska this season. He didn't let go of a single off target pass at his rushing ability and that's a winning combo true rocket launcher for an arm i mean that throw he had against clemson to hit a lave down the middle was just a thing of beauty so the speed you know ran a 4-3-3 at ohio state's pro day it was oh no it was a 4-4-4 i think see there's my homerism getting in the way of uh you know accurate reporting and whatever you want to call it but fields can run super athlete like he averaged 30 uh was it 38 rushing yards per game excuse me 39 rushing yards per game at ohio state he fits the archetype of what we expect from a successful rookie QB. And since 2010, we've only seen seven first-year quarterbacks function as a top 12 fantasy producer. Those seven, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, RG3, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. Other guys were playing successful in their spurts. We just didn't see them really have that full season of starts. And that is unfortunately the part that's going to elude 
fields potentially, but he does fit the average of, you know, all these guys that just listed average, at least 25 rushing yards per game in college, except Justin Herbert, as we saw with Herbert though, had a little bit more athleticism. I think uh, Oregon really tapped into. So fields, if he can get on the damn field, you know, pun and no pun intended there, uh, he should have a chance to be a fantasy stud immediately. We just need Andy Dalton to get out of the way. And hopefully people, this won't be an issue for that long. Cause if Dalton keeps playing like he did last year, it's not going to be hard for Nagy to make this decision. I mean, and then same offense at Dak Prescott balled the hell out and Dalton finished with the following uh, ranks in these uh, various statistics. PFF passing grade. He was tied for 21st among 44 qualified quarterbacks. Not bad. Big time throw rate. 36 turnover worthy play rate 12th yards per attempt tie for 33rd uh tie for 33rd adjusted completion rate 21st and QB rating 29th I mean Mitch Trubisky actually posted a better big time throw rate more yards per attempt and had a higher uh excuse me a higher uh QB rating now Dalton it's very you know when I stand like Drew Locke and stuff, I, and you just kind of say, Oh, you know, if you just remove the turnovers, he's great. I, they're so important. And if Dalton can just be a game manager and not turn over the ball and, you know, just let the defense play great. Let Allen Robinson do his thing. There's a path to him being a competent quarterback. Just don't get carried away. People. I mean, remember, don't do not ever tell me that Dalton is good because of the pro bowls, because the pro bowl stopped meeting a damn thing to any of us from Trevor Simeon, Trevor freaking Simeon declined an invite. to I believe the 2016 pro bowl, but regardless of how you feel about Andy Dalton in the year 2021, which again, I think is as a dirt average quarterback, even playing behind that band of Cowboys offensive line. Again, Dak made so much more of that situation. I think we've just seen that from Dalton throughout his career. The second the Bengals had to pay him, that's when things started going south because as I said before, he has always been a sum of its parts quarterback, but let's say he starts playing like better than he has in recent years. That's nothing for fantasy. We just cannot draft Dalton because he hasn't given us, given us a reason to for the last half decade. In 2016, he was a QB 17 in fantasy points per game, followed that up with QB 26, QB 23, QB 21, most recently QB 34 performances. Please, for the love of God, do not draft Andy Dalton. And people... I'm a little worried about how fields will do this first year. This is not like an amazing offense to be dropping a rookie into. They have PFS 27th ranked offensive line going to the year. I love Allen Robinson. You love Allen Robinson. He's a stud number one, but behind him, we have Darnell Mooney. He did some really good things. We should be behind him, but then what? We got Marquise Goodwin, you know, Daz Newsome, Anthony Miller still on the team for right now. We got Jimmy Graham's corpse, you know, soaking up some red zone looks, Cole Komet, maybe the next big thing at tight end. But like every team in the league has at least a couple guys. Like even the Eagles, you know, we can talk about Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. The Bears have a below average receiving room, wide receiver and tight end combined. Like, I don't think that's, again, I'm not trying to hit on Allen Robinson. Please don't frame this as me hating on A-Rob. That dude is an absolute stud alpha wide receiver one. But in today's NFL, you need more than one proven high-end receiver. And fortunately, that's all the Bears have right now. And even if you want to really just say Mooney's going to be a next big thing as well, I mean, that's the only two proven receivers in this entire offense. So, you know, maybe Demir Bird just really figures it out this year you know riley ridley uh takes a step forward a lot of unproven pieces in an offense that really should not have the benefit of the doubt i mean justin fields would hardly be the first you know potentially great quarterback to not be that great as a rookie uh, i just don't want to you know assume that he's being dropped into this offense that's going to make the best of his uh you know talents has every single quarterback that's ever played for the chicago bears really been like bad you know okay and with all due respect jim mcmahon even Jay Cutler and some of these other guys. Like, it's the same thing as Washington, the Cleveland Browns, the Browns jersey with, you know, the 25 names on it. Did all those guys really suck or would it have something to do with the organization that was developing them? That's the question we got to ask with this franchise. Finally, people, 
now comes the uh, now comes the sexy part of the question. We got to figure out when Fields is going to be on the field, and it's not looking great early. Here's the thing. Yes, they're playing Aaron Donald and company in week one. I have a very hard time believing, though, that Matt Nagy would jump through all these hoops, name Andy the starter, do the week one game against a ferocious defense, and then just pull him after one bad performance. They also have the revenge game in week two against the Bengals. After that, it's week three against the Browns. I would say the earliest that we could hope fields to get out there would be week four before they play the lions. And that would be, you know, a one, two start, maybe Oh, and three, even, I mean, Bengals can put up points this year and Dalton just doesn't have it out there. Maybe if he blows at week two, they can go as early as week three, but if he can get like a three and two start and play competently week four is against the lions week five is against the Raiders. And we got the Packers, Buccaneers, 49ers, Steelers. I get it. Any of those defenses could produce, you know, the sort of falling out that leads to fields being out there, but just the more you look at that start guys, it could be in until week 11 after their week 10 by before we truly see fields out there against Rams, Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders, Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Steelers. I just think that opening stretch where when after the Rams Browns defense will be better this year. So they aren't a cakewalk, but getting the Bengals lions and Raiders and three of your first five games for someone that's trying to keep the starting quarterback job. That's a pretty good draw for Dalton. So I do think fields will be out there, you know, gun to my head. I would say, week four. I think that's a little hopeful. I think the, you know, realistic range of outcomes is between week three and uh, week 11 though. And it really has a chance to be stretched throughout that entire way. So just keep that in mind when we're going through this with that say though, everyone, and I've made this point in these podcasts before, we don't necessarily need to look at fields in terms of his total year round production, because when we kind of have these quarterbacks with, uh, you know, in ranking competitions, like I, I tweet this out and just kind of, you know, looking at, uh, how we should be kind of treating, be treating rankings versus actually who we're going to pick on our fantasy team. Like if you want to come in first in the fantasy pros, median rankings competition, you should probably be giving guys like Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. You should be ranking them ahead of Fields and Trey Lance because they're going to start 17 games in all likelihood. Fields and Lance will not. But here's the thing. Who do you want on the field at the, you know, in week 10 when they're all starting? We're going to want Lance. We're going to want Fields out there. And it's just one of these things where I don't want to, you know, be a ranking slave. I don't want to play it safe. You know, finishing fourth in your league gets you nothing. We're playing first or last, baby. So we got to be going for that upside. Just be careful about, you know, relying too much on, you know, 17 game projections when in reality we're trying to win each and every week and Lance and fields, once they are starting, they're going to be borderline QB ones at worst. So that takes us right to the rank. I have fields right now as my QB 18 ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Kirk cousins. I do give Lance the nod and redraft. And that's basically Kyle Shanahan versus Matt Nagy, you know, give me Shanahan in that uh, conversation. Uh, also Ryan Fitzpatrick, Baker Mayfield. I'll take guys that have the 17 uh, start, you know, more likely than these rookies if they've already proven they can be a great fantasy quarterback like Baker, like Fitzpatrick, but we haven't seen that, you know, with Wentz recently. Cousins is a little more iffy. I, mean, I wouldn't be against putting him uh, ahead of these guys potentially. I'm, I'm starting to come around to him a little more. But, you know, uh, Wentz, Jamison, some of these other guys where it's a little bit iffy. And, yeah, so Justin Fields, QB 18, I think he's someone that you'll be happy is on your fantasy team. And if you're in just a one-quarterback redraft league, guys, you really don't need to worry about it too much because I think he'll probably be uh, on waivers, uh, you know, and not even really being held to a roster spot. So just realize, you know, with Lance and with Fields, these are guys where – 
even if we don't have the assurance of a 17 game stretch, that's being baked into their draft positions already. And it might be uh, baked into it more than it should be when considering who we won one given week versus the entire season. So thank you as always for tuning in to the PFF fantasy football podcast, new episodes every single day throughout the summer. going to start really ramping some things up here this week too. We're going to do some team preview series, a uh, special probably Thursday or Friday edition with my guy, Andrew Erickson. going to start getting some analysts from around the industry out here as well. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm Ian Hartz. And until next time, take care, everybody. 